Hello and welcome to the Veer Vulnerabilis Fear podcast. I'm Adam Glinsky. And I'm Albert Imperato. Where we help men communicate and build empathy. All right, Albert, today is a special day for us. It's our 40th episode, and we've decided to uh, wrap season one up with a total of 40 episodes. Kind of a long stretch, but... Um, you know, we've just kind of, we just went into this game, you know, no plan and uh, see how it all goes. And here we are 40 episodes later saying, you know what? Yeah, maybe we should take a, a small little break here and uh, kind of figure out what we want to do next. But man, this has been a lot of fun. And, um, you know, I'm just excited to talk, you know, we're, we're going back to me and you officially this time and, you know, catch up. And I think I've got uh, some fun things to share with you here. But uh, how are you doing, man? I see you're, you're back still up in uh, Hudson Valley and we hanging are, out. We are still here. Yeah, I was I was flipping through some other uh, podcasts and I kept seeing season one, season two, and I had never even thought of seasons. Um, with what we were doing, I was like, wow, because this is getting, the list was getting long. I'm like, holy smokes, we're approaching 40. Um, so that's why I thought maybe it's a good idea for us to take at least a, a week or two off, um, figure out, you know, just kind of take a look at what we've done. Maybe f- ask some of our buddies. I, in general, have gotten feedback that one show a week is the right amount, that people look forward to that. I, I see some other podcasts do every other week, um, you know. I, I could see the advantages to that. Sometimes people, they want to listen to every single one, but sometimes they don't. They don't have that that hour, um, you know, at a particular time to, to keep up on it. But we'll, we'll keep it going. I mean, I think if we have the time to do it, I know for me, it's been a form of therapy, <laughs> given yeah. the stresses of everything going on in our world. Uh, I look forward to uh, this hour when I tell everybody, hey, I'm doing a podcast and I can... I don't need to answer emails. I don't check Instagram. I don't, um, yeah, I just don't have distractions. And it's, it's been a really, a really good uh, time for me. Uh, looking forward to turning on the mic and seeing, seeing you and thinking of, of how, uh, how much uh, ground we've covered. But I, I think what's really the craziest about all this is it's hard to believe we started it before COVID. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's become such a part of the COVID experience for me, uh, that it's hard to believe that we got on originally to just talk and it, I don't know, maybe there's a, a decent way for us to jump in, but I was going back to my original thoughts about why, um, we were doing this and it was, you know, we have our sort of origin story. You know, I told you about mm-hmm. a project I wanted to work on and, you said, "Hey, that would make a, make a great podcast," and that that's all great, and I think it's really really true. What that's exactly what happened. But now that I've had time, really thinking about it, I've learned and seen some things in what we've done, um, and looking at my own motivations that have kind of surprised me a little bit. Oh yeah, same here. I've I've had my own little mini revelations. My you know, a couple dots have been connected, you know, in the last, you know, God, I don't even know how many months it is. It's almost been a year. November. <laughs> like, yeah. November. We started November, okay. in November. Yeah. So that's uh, what, two and eight is like, you know, 10 months. Till yeah, month. 10 months. Um, yeah. yeah, there's, I mean, there's been a lot of growth. I know I've uh, come up, I've been, you know, since 
everything has happened, I've really just been keeping my nose in a book quite a bit um, and just really reading, um, you know, different, different types of publications, different, you know, sources and stuff that I generally get. And uh, really just kind of uh, been exposed um, to a lot more. And another thing I want to talk on is, is what you said about just kind of like turning everything off and just being in front of the mic. And that is very therapeutic. It's just like, okay, right now we are going to be in the moment. You know, we're, we're on video, there's a microphone, we're recording, little red dots beeping. And you know, we're just here, we're, we're live in the moment. And for a lot of our life, there's not, there's not that. It's like, there's so much going through the motions. There's so much autopilot. There's so much getting through the day to do something. Well, I mean, this is kind of our something. And over the last little bit, um, it has been hard to wake up early. I have, you know, I used to be, you know, super, super wake up early guy, do beautiful things in the morning, you know, take a, like a little walk since, uh, quarantine and everything like that, man, it is, it is, <laughs> it's tough for me to wake up, but here we are on, you know, early, uh, Sunday mornings. Like I'm stoked to wake up. I know I wake up excited just to, just to do this and, and be a part of the moment because there's so many parts of my life where, it's it's tough being in the moment, um, especially like at work or dealing with you know bills and stuff. You know who's really in the moment, being like, okay, I got to pay this bill. Oh, my electricity doubled because of uh, <laughs> you know it's, the it's summer this week. Um, that that uh, meditation app you turned me on mm-hmm. to at the very yeah. beginning, ten percent. Uh, I you know done a lot of the the courses and gone through the the, the focused uh, little learning pods, and but. I didn't start a new one, so I was just looking for a random one. I just randomly picked one. It was all it, it was all about en- enjoying your coffee, your mm-hmm. morning coffee, which was hilarious because I love yeah. my morning coffee. But it was kind of like it was like almost a a, a not a cliche. What do you call it? A a, 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 a spoof mm-hmm. of a meditation app. Really, it was kind of like taste the coffee, smell the coffee feel the pressure of the coffee mug on your lips. And I'm like, <laughs> it was just like, okay, this is why people make fun of meditation because it was yep. really kind of silly, but they were <laughs> totally taking it seriously. But I, I realized, you know, I am really into the morning coffee ritual and I know why I like it. I, it's, my, uh, it's my focus time and it's my quiet time. And I'm really good at the morning not being dis- um, distracted that's when I'm the least distracted. When I when I come down in the morning, it's usually around six o'clock in the morning. That's when I'm the least distracted, um, and feel ah, oh, this is what I actually am like before the world spins me into uh, a tizzy. You know, this is like, what do I actually feel first thing in the morning? And especially up here, since we've been quarantined up in the country, um, I, I really love this time of year because I love going outside right away. I I love to step outside with my coffee and hear the birds. Nature's really quiet. There's no, there's very little sound of any, you know, you don't hear neighbors doing anything. There's no lawn mowing. And I'm just like, yeah, no baby screaming in our house. (laughs) Um, Although there's a lot of birds screaming, the the birds really make a racket. But, but um, I realized that my actual, my actual resting place is actually fairly peaceful. And that kind of gives me a good vibe i'm amazed at how quickly it changes mm-hmm. and how a couple of stressful emails and a couple of annoying things and things i see on instagram and you know i'll flip through instagram and i'm like 
damn, I still want those really expensive boots that I really shouldn't buy. And, you know, and then before I know it, I'm, I'm the usual mess of crazy, contradictory uh, impulses that define our, our life experience. But I want to go back a little bit. W- mm-hmm. What exactly about quarantine makes it hard for you getting up in the morning? Is it the sameness <laughs> of the day? Is it, what, what is it? I think it was just the, you know, the, re- the releasing of the brakes and just kind of like saying like, okay, like all I have to do is just stay inside and stay alive um, was part of it. Like there was a big, a big part of COVID was really just taking kind of like the, the daily pressure and like the daily grind kind of off the table. And I think I had a really big perspective shift um, during that time where it was like, what, what do I really need to focus on in, in my life? And, and what, what can I kind of like taper off? And the, you know, early mornings, I mean, the gym was closed. The, the gym used to be like, you know, the, my number one thing to do is like, wake up, go to the gym and start the day. Um, and I would do, um, I would do some yoga at the gym. And then I also like meditate while I was uh, on the treadmill. And that was like my pre COVID, you know, also, you know, back when I was doing physical therapy, that was my jam. Like I would like, there was like, uh, you know, sometimes a five o'clock crew and a six o'clock crew, um, depending on, you know, how early I wanted to wake up that day that I would meet at the gym and you'd see, you'd see the regulars, you know, um, just hanging out, you know, like, all right, cool. And, um, you know, and then once everything closed down and it was just like survive, it was like, all right, well, I don't need to be waking up at four thirty, five thirty in the morning. So let's sleep in. And then, you know, three months later, I'm like sleeping into like nine, 10 o'clock every day. <laughs> and it's just oh, like, wow. yeah, it got that way. <laughs> and what, time, then, uh, what time do you have to be at work? Um, well now not until 1030. So, you know, my, my day has kind of shifted, you know, later into the day. So it used to be, you know, eight o'clock, nine 30 is when I would have to show up at work. And now it's, you know, um, between 10 and 11 o'clock, uh, sometimes noon. So for my day, it's been gradually shifting to, to later parts of the day too. Have you been feeling lately like you want to uh, in, institute something different in the morning and, and force yourself to get up out of bed and do something different? Or is you're just going to ride this wave and enjoy? I mean, look, let's face it. You're a young dad. Yeah. And I'm early on with a young, uh, young kid at home. Your sleep was very disrupted for a long time. So I'm, yes, I'm, I'm sure some party was enjoying sort of more actual normalcy of sleep. Yeah, um, you know, there's a lot of sleep hygiene that I've I've kind of been looking at and and taking, you know, a, an extra kind of, you know, look over for that and just saying like, you know what, maybe maybe that's a little bit more worth it. And it's not like my day is suffering because of it. You know, I'm still able to to do what I need to do, handle everything um, that needs to be done by the end of the day. But it's kind of like the the extra stuff on top. And that's what the the little battle is kind of in my head about is like, you know, do I want to wake up in an hour or so early to like, you know, read um, some more stuff to work on a little bit more music or to, you know, write a little bit, you know, just kind of do stuff for me. Um, you know, meditation and breathing is 100% happens every single day that I will never give up. Um, that has just been so helpful for me that I, I can't, I can't go back on that. I have to, I have to go. And, um, you know, on our app, thrown back to a 10% happier, been doing the summer sanity challenge. And, um, I think I'm at 150 days in a row. So I'm, I've been doing pretty darn good with, uh, keeping my meditation up and, it, it, it just helps, helps me just, you know, kind of stay centered where I see that, um, 
kind of helping out in my daily life is, you know, like a bomb has like, you know, you know, those cartoon bombs have like a little fuse at the end that you light. I feel like meditation helps extend that fuse quite a bit. So it's like, you know, if little things are just kind of like burning at me, burning at me, burning at me. And then it takes a lot, a lot more and a lot longer for me to explode because I'm just like, okay, let's, let's think about this a little bit. You actually reach explosion. I haven't, I haven't been mad, mad in a very long time. Um, like there, there's like, I know when I'm angry, um, I know when I'm upset and I know when I'm disappointed, there's many, many different, you know, kind of flavors of, of that feeling, but I don't think I have been legitimately like, you know, pissed, see red explosion in a very long time. I mean, it, it takes so much to get me there. Um, you know, I just, you know, that's, that's when like the, the blood's boiling and, you know, it, it's just fight or flight is, is kicking in, but I don't think I've been, been in that moment in a very, very long time. It's, well, I find yeah. that really interesting because my initial perceptions when I met you, uh-huh. cause you were like Mr. Giggles when I met you in person and you were in New York and we hung around at ease bar mm-hmm. the first time I'm like, this dude just likes to have fun. I couldn't have even imagined you losing your temper. And then famously early on in mm-hmm. our podcast, you talked about like famously losing your temper. And oh, yeah. I really had a major disconnect. It was like, I cannot, um, I just couldn't really piece together the story you told with this person that, that I had just started to get to know. So I'm, I'm clearly you, you're heading in a, in an, in the right direction. If you're feeling that it's harder for you to get really rattled really rattled and really angered because in general, I mean, we, we, it, anger is not really a, a desired state. It's not, Oh yeah. It's not a place we really want to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the most part, if we're, you know, living in a healthy manner, we can avoid a lot of the things that, that typically make people angry. So, so, I mean, you've made a lot of progress, obviously you, you read a lot. You're constantly quoting books in your, in your, uh, denim mindset feed. Mm-hmm. Um, it, I don't know. It seems like you have a real serious investment in this personal growth journey. I mean, a lot of people write to me separately and it's, in, it's interesting. They're like, Oh, you know, Albert, you're, you know, you bring a certain thing to the, to the show. You know, Adam, like he's really deep in this, in that <laughs> literature. Like, it seems like he's like really down in the material, really learned. I'm like, yeah, he's, he's committed. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's so fascinating to me. Like I, I, I've always been um, really intrigued by philosophy and ethics. Um, I, I got my start into that in college. Um, I was able to take a couple courses in that. And since then it just hasn't left. Um, you know, I, the, the one that really got me was, um, a theory of justice by John Rawls and the, um, veil of ignorance, that kind of perspective, um, that kind of you know, thought pattern took, um, you know, my everything that I knew before and just flipped it on its head. I think that one teaching was kind of the, you know, the catalyst that took me to the second part of my life. Um, and before that is, you know, when, you know, I was in the locker room, I was 17, you know, I got into that brawl and that was a very uneducated Adam, you know, that was, I was 17. I was still a kid. Um, you know, the, what, what I've, what I learned up until then on how to handle aggression, how to handle, um, 
you know, negative interactions was nothing. It was like, you know, um, if someone bullies you, you know, either get out of the situation or punch them back and get out, you know, that, that was, that was my information that I had post-college, um, you know, post like, you know, my kind of like debt-free and, you know, going forward, um, lifestyle, you know, I've, I've learned so much more about just human interaction, um, my own emotions. I think that was the biggest one is learning about myself and learning, you know, my triggers, learning, um, kind of my downward spirals, learning my, you know, bad habits, my good habits on there. Once I kind of was able to see those from like a different perspective, I think that's what gave me the knowledge to really just explore different areas of my life, as well as to just kind of, you know, be, be a different person, but still be me. Um, if that makes any sense at all. <laughs> totally. It was, it was uh, really interesting when you made the change in your in your um, handle of your Instagram feed and you became denim mindset, you know, before you were like Ironheart fades and it was like, yeah. Oh, this is just a denim dude. Mm -hmm. you know, and he's having fun wearing denim and you look like you're having more fun than almost anybody I knew. <laughs> and then suddenly you became denim mind mindset mm -hmm. and several people wrote to me and they're like, what's going on with Adam? And I was like, I don't know what's going on with Adam. Like, why are you so troubled by someone changing? I mean, I really, uh, people like, it just, he seemed like he's just all over the place. It's like, suddenly he's like with all these ideas and he's pushing all these philosophies. And I remember, you know, thinking of it in a two-pronged way. One way was like thinking about marketing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, Adam changed his brand. And, you know, sometimes changing your brand can be bad. Like, why mm -hmm. are you changing your brand? Your brand was working. Um, and I remember you and I had some conversations about it and, you explained to me that you really were changing and that you wanted to focus and bring other aspects of your life more to the fore in what you were sharing with other people. And that seemed to me very natural. And I just loved when I, when I asked you about it, instead of you going, Oh my God, you're right. I'm messing around with my brand. I I'll go back to what I was doing. You're just like, I don't, I'm moving ahead. I, that's all it is. I'm I've, this is important to me to do. And I really admired that you wanted to make the change, but it also, it was really interesting to just see how troubled people were, were by the idea that you were changing um, their, their perception of changing. Cause to me, it's like change is actually the, that's the thing I enjoy seeing in other people. I don't want to see someone who's exactly, I, exactly as I believe they were at the beginning. I like, oh, I like the surprise here. Where's he taking us? It, this is a much more interesting person to watch than someone who you lock in and have a perception of them and, and they never show you anything else. And I think that's one, been one of, the, one of the great upsides. First of all, just working with you week, week after week. We've spent a lot of time together. Just, we yeah. know <laughs> we spent at least these 40 episodes time together. But it's also been a really beautiful aspect of doing the podcast is how many of the guys who put, give a, a certain perception of who they are in, in their feeds um, and seeing that not one of them was what we really thought when, when we started talking to them. You know, obviously certain people, you get a very a, a pretty strong sense of who they are from their feed. Like 
Ryan Daniel Beck. You know, mm-hmm. if you follow that guy, you follow his social media, you know he's a a good troublemaker, to quote John Lewis. Mm-hmm. He's somebody always wants to challenge you, put a new idea in your head, and, and he's pretty consistent all the way through. But then there's some of those other folks who quietly, um, they reveal sides to them. Like, you know, I think people are going to see that Wednesday when they, uh, our 39th episode, when they meet Tucker. You know, mm-hmm. you, you, you know he's not just a, He's not just a quiet leather worker, craftsman sitting there in ye old style Connecticut, mm-hmm. making old belts and, and 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 bags. This is a really passionate guy with who's paying a lot of attention to what's going on around. And I, I, I mean, look, he's he became a friend, and I knew that about him. But number one upside of having done this podcast was getting to know. Um, a lot of people seeing the, the depth and even the people who said, oh, I'd make a terrible guest. I'm so boring. I don't really have much to say. Oh my God, that's so not true. Nobody was a boring guest. There was not mm-hmm. one person who didn't have something afterwards that when, when we turn off the mic, that you know we would hang with the guests and just look like, whoa, dude, wow, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that's been, that's definitely been the very, the, the, the great part of doing this for me. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I would say, you know, being a, a new dad, you know, working 40 hours a week and, you know, just kind of being in, in that kind of like mindset and lifestyle. Um, I don't really go out and like socialize with a whole lot of new people. So for me, like this has been awesome. Just being able to meet new people just, and kind of have that guard down that you don't have whenever, you know, you meet someone new, like on the street or whatever, like they're going to give you like, you know, a little percentage of who they are as a person. But whenever you sit down and have like a real conversation for an hour, like a really deep conversation, you get to see a lot more of who that person is. And I feel like the conversations that we get to have on the show are those really deep conversations that, you know, really reveal a lot about who you are as a person. And that's, so much more interesting to me than, you know, a casual conversation on the street or, Hey, let's uh, meet up for a drink, you know, here and there. And it's like, you know, you're, you're talking about like, you know, just some random things, but whenever you really get to talk about emotions and, you know, change or pain or struggle and triumph too. I mean, um, there's a lot of very successful people that we've, we've talked to and a lot of great moves that have happened. And that just shows so much more. It's so deep. And and that's what I like about it is like, we're not just, you know, scratching the surface on a few topics, like we're going deep. And and that's what really makes this show for me so much fun is like, I don't get just to pop on and like, oh, hey, yeah, great. You know, whose brand are you wearing? Or like, how do you like this denim? It's like, no, how's your life? Like, how did your childhood affect the rest of your life? Like, what did you learn in college that that moved you? Or what did you learn at this aspect of your life that, you know, change the rest of it. You know, there's so many great stories and, you know, I get, I take a look through our, um, you know, show listing for a while and I just get to remember all these beautiful conversations just be like, yeah, like we, we did that. We went I've got the I've got the podcast page up on my, on my iPad as we're, as Mm -hmm. I'm talking to you and just looking, looking down the names. It's just such a, such a great um, experience really realizing that I, I can actually tell you what was my favorite moment from each of those shows? Like what was mm-hmm. something that each one of those persons taught me? And, you know, the best shows were the ones where I went in expecting one thing and ended with something totally different. Like our buddy, Sean, when yeah. he talked about social anxiety, um, I don't know if you, if you follow his feed, but oh, of course, you know, his, 
his feet is full of like real some real serious passion about what's happening right now mm-hmm. like he you know this was not someone um who 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 introduced the idea of social anxiety and, and was was so honest and so brave to come on a show and talk about that and now i see his feet and i'm like wow uh this was the guy i thought it was the quiet guy in the room now he's actually one of the more passionate people about some of the issues that we're facing whether it's racism whether it's people not wearing masks. And I, yeah, I mean, like if you line them up, all these guests in a room, he was not the guy that I was going to, you know, expect to hear the most passionate voice. And in, in that person uh, uh, was so much passion. And I love seeing that. I absolutely love seeing that. It was a really, it made me realize that I, you know, until I actually make the effort, I actually don't know very much about other people. Yeah. um, I actually write to him all the time because whenever I want to kind of get caught up on current events, I go to his feed and his stories just to look at it because I'm just like, Sean's on top of it. Like he really is. And he really is. And there's like, you know, a couple people I'm just like, okay, Sean's one of them. I'm just like, let's, let's click on those stories. Like see what I need to get caught up on because he's in it. And, um, you know, I, I appreciate that so much because, you know, for me to like scroll through all the news, like that takes a, a long time to do it. So to have like, you know, someone who I can call a friend, um, curate that information for me. Oh my gosh. So, so powerful. <laughs> so, so here's something. Mm-hmm. There's two big moments really in the 40 episodes now that I'm yeah. realizing two big serious revelations and serious things that have happened along the way. And I'll start you know, with the at the beginning, sure, and go back and realize, you know, we talked about the motivation for doing this and this and the, and the the origin story, and I look back and realize how powerful the experience for me of wanting to share real serious conversation with 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 guys, how much of it is flavored by my own experience growing up being a gay dude at a time where gay dudes were like the most invisible people in our society. They really were. I mean, they just simply were. There was no talk of them. I didn't know one. I didn't even know enough about what being a gay dude was to know I was a gay dude. That's how, that's how, you know, you could use the word closeted. I don't even know if, if closet's even the word. Um, but I realized growing, looking back that being so incapable of just coming out and just nice and quickly just saying exactly what I felt and who I was, how much energy was expanded, uh, expended in holding back so many things I wanted to say. And I realized that I am making up for lost time with this podcast. It's, it's helped me, even at the beginning with my feed three years ago, People would see my my wedding ring and ask me about my wife, and the old me would have been like, "She's fine," and just completely not owned up to. Oh, I don't really want to start explaining this this dude who I've just met through Instagram, who we're talking about denim suddenly to talk to them about my my husband and being a gay dude, you know. And and now I have to admit, it's really helped me and helped me um, understand that. Um, there's no there, waiting. There's no benefit to waiting at all. I know people give you this advice and they say, Hey, if somebody's not going to treat you the same way because you're gay, then you don't need to be friends with them. 
that's easy to say, but the truth is you meet people, you like people, you think certain people are cool, and the thought that them knowing certain things about you is going to change their opinion of you is still scary. And I get it. I should not care. And I should want to end a relationship with someone who doesn't accept me for who I am. But still, it's making me realize just the, I'm 58 years old, but there's still that insecure kid in me who wants to be liked, who wants popular, the, the popular dude out there, the popular guys to think I'm cool. And, and this is really humbling to me. I am very humbled by, hey, I went to Stanford. I've had a successful career. I'm, real, I'm really actually very proud of myself and what I've achieved as a human being. I'm well-read. I, I can cook. I, I take care of myself. I'm in, I'm in pretty good physical shape. There's so many things to celebrate, and I'm very happy about so many things. And yet, when, I, when there are those moments where I just feel like a little kid wanting, wanting approval from other people, I just look at myself and I just want to laugh. Like, I can't believe I'm still doing this. I'm still acting like a teenager. Um, it's, I, I feel now that I'm aware of it, I feel much stronger as a result. I actually used the word husband in a post and nobody, nobody wrote to me. I didn't get any, um, you know, and, and I've said it before. My husband doesn't appear in my feed because he thinks Instagram is ridiculous. And it is. So <laughs> it is. Um, <laughs> my that's the, the humbling. Way. That's the humbling that's if I had to say, what am I most humbled by? It's, it's the, you know, if I was going to try to find one line, colorful analogy or line, I would say the furthest distance is between who we really want to be and who we really are. And that is a, that's really actually a very powerful motivator in life that no matter how, how far we get in our life, there's always so much further we can go towards real true living in the moment, real true self-acceptance, really true generosity towards others, not having real compassion, um, not having jealousy, not having man alive. That, that is the image in my brain, who I actually am and who I want to be. Between those are, in a way, an unbridgeable chasm. We can never be the full person we want to be. And we can either see that as a debilitating reality, or we can see that as an opportunity that we're always striving. So I would say maybe before I was leaning towards more, more debilitation, but now I'm seeing, I am seeing more of an opportunity that it's okay, that it's okay that I'm not always a strong, uh, centered, happy, peaceful human being. Um, there are times where I'm feeling rather inadequate. And, and insecure and childish and teenage and adolescent. And oh my God, I saw something in someone's feed that I want. Oh, I have to order it today. Oh, geez. Grow up, dude. So anyway, that's, that's, my, that's my, my hum, most humble as, uh, realization from, from ha- this whole experience. Yeah, that's huge, man. Um, this, I mean, the, the self-awareness is so big. Um, you know, I think that's, that's really big for me. And, you know, with, with the personal thing, I think for me, um, it's more rather than the internal, it's more of the kind of like what I've been saying, um, about it. Cause I think that before I, I didn't really choose my words as carefully as I should. And I, I know I still don't do that all the time. Um, 
and just kind of taking that second to, to really pause before what I say. If I could go back in time and earn a spirit award, I would love to be in the yearbook as um, speaks the least, but says the most. I, I wish that was me. But I am totally not that person. Uh, <laughs> that's that's for me is like what I wish I could kind of go back in and do. But this podcast for me has really just um, made aware of how important speech is and how important word choice is because I've noticed through you know our conversations about race, our conversations about you know our our binary versus non-binary conversations, um, you know, and and all the things that have been going on, you know, with COVID too, is like, you know, there's, there's a lot of, of scariness in, in words and communication. And there's a lot of nuance as, you know, Ryan Daniel Beck said, there's a ton of nuance that I was turned on to. And, you know, I actually, um, was aware of, of one of the things I kind of wanted to talk about this too, is, um, you know, we, we kind of had a situation where I was like, oh man, I, kind of said a very microaggression racist thing to someone and I I wasn't fully aware of it until a little bit afterwards. And I'll, I'll give you a very the very short story of it. Um someone was coming to the store. Uh I was outside, you know, checking people in and they were bumping um some too short. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the uh, the Oakland hyphy scene, but uh there's like three three main people about it. Mac Dre kind of started it and then uh too short and E40. And um, the song that kind of got it going was The Thizzle Dance by Mac Dre. Um, and so came in, listening to the song, came out. We were all like excited. We're like, oh, you know, there's some some older uh, guys and girls, you know, that I was out there with. And we're like, oh, man, awesome. Hyphy movement. Like, you know, this was back like right when I started uh, graduating high school. Anyways, comes out, leaves the store. We were all doing the Thizzle Dance. And as he was leaving, um, I yelled, shake those dreads, which is in an E40 song, um, which is pretty much like, let me tell you about the hyphy movement. I say something, you say it back. Anyway, that's, that's like a big line that was very memorable. And from there, I got a very bad look. And I was just like, and everyone was like, hey, wasn't that, you know, E40, like too short, you know, hyphy movement. Everyone was kind of a little bit confused. Um, you know, and then I realized, hey, you know, this person might not know as much about Oakland, you know, rap that all of us were a part of, you know, like it was like a freestyle. So someone else was singing over the beat. And I realized like, Hey, that might've not been the most uh, greatest thing to share. And I kind of, you know, looked at myself and was like, Hey, your word choice could have been a lot better for that situation. I could have yelled out fizzle dance or up all night or hyphy or something and anything else. But I went with shake those dreads and, you know, um, while we were all like, hey, in support of it, we were all having fun with it. I realized if if I was that person and and someone yelled, shake those dreads at me, I, I probably wouldn't have been too happy with myself. So for this, you know, kind of show to to really open that up, before I would have just been like, oh, whatever, you know? But now I'm like, hey, this is this is the conversation that we're having. And I'm now self-aware enough that that I can say, ooh, you know, that that wasn't the the wisest thing to say. You know, that, that wasn't the wisest thing to do. And just like you said, how you can kind of look into yourself and saying, Hey, you know, I'm kind of being childish or, you know, I'm feeling uneasy or whatever. For me, it's like, Hmm, that probably wasn't the most right speech to have. And, you know, I wish I could go back and apologize to this guy and just say, Hey, you know what? That was not 
the best word choice I could have used. And, you know, I truly apologize if I offended you. You know, I'm, I'm never, probably never going to have that conversation. You know, I met him for three seconds and said, oh yeah, go there. Um, and then you'll shake those dreads. But, you know, um, there's those little things that you can kind of take and just put in your back pocket and say, you know what, next time I'm going to do better. Next time I'm going to think a little bit more. Next time I'm going to be just be a better person and, and be be more of who I should be, the perfect idea of myself than, you know, who I am right now. And we're always, like you said, trying to bridge that gap, go there. And I think one thing that this podcast has done is made me realize like, hey, I need to look back and, you know, what I say and what I do and just really analyze that because for some things, amazing, like great, great progress. But for some things, you know, we're all still working on. And, you know, that was one thing. I mean, it happened last week and I was just like, I'm still just kind of punching myself over it. But I know that pain and that uncomfortability that I feel now is my world and, you know, my body, my conscious telling me, hey, Adam, you kind of screwed up here. You need to do a little bit better next time. And while this is hurting you, you have no idea how that other person internalizes it. You have no idea how, how, you know, you know, they could say, oh man, whatever, stupid white guy uh, saying stuff. Or they're like, oh man, I can't believe I went to a place where I thought I was going to be accepted and I got yelled at, you know? So for me, that kind of awareness and that kind of self-reflection has just gone so much. And especially with other people's um, perspectives, their experience, I can learn from them as well. Just like um, what Chris was saying, you know, that, that just small generosity of, you know, a sled from a Russian guy or, you know, what, um, uh, sorry, I have to bring it up. Uh, Michael Mays was saying about how just the trigger went off at a slightly different uh, time in his moment. And he, sh- and he shot the, the side of the doors is that kind of like realization. It could be as small as kindness. It could be as big as a shotgun. Um, all these things are, are messages telling us stuff to, you know, reanalyze that, put that through your, your system and kind of put it out. And the fact that we are being so comfortable with being uncomfortable on this podcast and, you know, really just kind of digging into that, you know, uneasiness that, that the things that we don't talk about that we feel on the inside has just been so mind blowing and so refreshing and just so invigorating to my life where it's like, Hey, you know what? I have the ability to make some substantial improvements in my life, but more importantly in other people's life by the way I conduct myself. So for that, that has been the biggest mind blowing for me is just like how our experiences shape our lives as well as other people's. And I just can't wait to continue this because I know if I've gotten this far in those 10 months, what's another 10 months going to do? It's another, you know, couple years going to do down the road for us. I mean, like you said, the evolution of my feed is the evolution as me as a person, you know, like I'm, I'm turning 32, uh, next month. And, you know, uh, I still like, I, I feel like I got another, you know, two thirds of my life left to live. How much more rich can I make that for myself and everyone that I influence? So this podcast is really just kind of holding me responsible as well as just helping that trajectory of growth. So for me, a very long-winded approach to saying, this is helping me too. <laughs> not, not long-winded at all. Everything you said was, was uh, rich and um, very, I mean, just very impressive. Um, I hope that, that that gentleman who was in your store just happens to come back in the store and you can 
pull him yeah. aside and say, um, you know, sorry, buddy. I'm not, not, that was not the best word choice. Yeah. Is, um, I mean, that it, it, it's a great story and, and, and it's very powerful for you just to have caught and been an objective listener to your own speech that you have, because that's what you need to be yeah. there. You need to have that ability to step outside yourself and look critically at what you've just done and say, Hey, Hmm, where did that come from? Why did yeah. I behave that way? And, um, that your, your story reflected, you know, pretty much uh, a, a variation of, of what I was saying of looking at my own intention. I want to do things for the right reason, but that does not mean I will always do things for the right reason. Exactly. The desire is very strong. I always want to be generous. Mm -hmm. I always want to be, um, uh, enlightened, progressive, uh, you know, positive, all those things. But there are just times where I'm not. There are just times I'm a jerk. I'm petty. I'm selfish. I'm insecure. I'm feeling hurt. Um, I'm, you know, it's so funny. I posted the other day um, something to the effect of, I really, I, I really want to be a more generous person than I am. And, and one of my friends, uh, just an Instagram friend, we're not like real life friends, so to speak, but he wrote this note to me like, dude, you're so generous. Like you make time for everybody you've never ever not been there anytime i reach out to you like what are you talking about and i'm like it's more how i feel than what i do it's not just what i do it's also how i feel about what i do and there's a big difference between oh i'm gonna behave a certain way because that's what i should do versus i've really internalized it it's really become part of my such a part of my being and my soul that I'm, I'm all at one. There's, there's a, a, there's a seamlessness between my desire and my, and my behavior. And, and I'm feeling still this disconnect too often. And thank God the disconnect often will lead me towards a better choice. Um, I'm very good at catching myself from doing really stupid things sometimes. Um, there are times I've, I've not, but a lot of times I've, I've avoided major disasters by being very like, Hey, I see what you're doing here, Albert. Knock off the bullshit and stop yeah. <laughs> myself from doing something too, truly destructive. But um, I love your. First of all, 32 years old. You're you're far along in the in the path. Mm -hmm. You're very far along in the path. I'm I'm almost twice your age, which is yeah. freaking me out. <laughs> which I think is actually really good that we both are from yeah. a different different generation. We have different some real differences, um, but. Yeah, when I was 32, I was just starting to figure out a lot about myself and about my career, um, what, how I really wanted to invest what I thought were my, my most powerful years in a way. It was kind of like, oh, I'm hitting my stride now. I have a little under my belt, but I'm still young and energetic. My body's great. I don't have any, you know, whatever. I'm, I don't have any, any chronic conditions. I'm, I'm yeah. at my prime, so to speak. And I'm still, I'm, I'm still feeling pretty good at 58, I got to say, but to go back to my other, I told you there were two big yeah. things. My, mm -hmm. my, my one being just this, this need to communicate with guys, how, how it rooted in, in my early difficulties, uh, this compulsion is now to speak as, as honestly as I can. The other was really this transformation I've had because of COVID. Um, I cannot tell you how painful the past four months have been. I've put a. I've tried to put a positive 
face on it as much as I can. I never want to just like come on a podcast with you and just go like, Adam, life sucks. It's so terrible. I mean, I just can't go there. It's just not my nature. I'm not, I just cannot live under that cloud. But when, you know, January came, I celebrated the 20th anniversary of my starting my own company for 20 years. We just grew. We established ourselves as like the leaders in our field. We were like this little arts promotion company. We had a world, an actual worldwide recognition and reputation. And we started the year feeling like we were going to have our best year ever. And COVID hit and it completely knocked our industry on its butt, on its back. The performing arts industry is just hurting beyond belief. Opera companies have closed shop, a lot of them, through December. Some are telling you behind the scenes that they'll probably be closed all year. Um, We had an enormous, massive fall off in, in business. And something that completely used to bring me joy, I used to get up in the morning like, I'm running a company. I love music. I talk to the world's best artists. I could pick up the phone and talk to the brightest writers and, and arts presenters. And I loved my job. And then suddenly, thanks, thanks to the COVID experience, I am getting up and hating, hating my job. I've never hated my job. We were talking to Tucker and we'll hear it on Wednesday um, about, about what it's like to get up and not like your job. I've not been liking my job because it's just been a lot of misery. It's just a lot of bad news. It's been a lot of bad news. And suddenly something that used to make me feel so good about my life and about myself, I suddenly just felt like, what a dumb idea. Why didn't you, why didn't you get a degree in medicine? Why didn't you get a, uh, why aren't you teaching? Why aren't you doing something meaningful with your life? Why are you doing something like left, left you so vulnerable to, to what's hap- uh, happening right now. And I, I just went through, I, I just went through some serious, serious uh, self-examination examination and evaluation and, and was, not, was not looking at myself very positively um, and, and, and really being very, very pained in the past couple of months. And I, I just realized a couple of things. I mean, one is you can't really work hard really, really hard without some positive feedback once in a while. You know, the last couple of months, it was kind of like, there was no good news. It was just, you know, people were cutting back, people were cutting, uh, uh, spending less money to promote what they were doing because they didn't have anything to promote. And, um, and I just realized this is what it'd be like. Like I had, I had a 30, 33 year run liking my job. And it made me realize for the first time, what it would be like to have a job I don't like. And wow, holy smokes, that was like shattering. I, you know, I was like, wow, I better do something different. What am I going to do? I was having like a real crisis. Like, am I going to go work on a farm? Or am I going to work at a gas station? What? I've never done anything else. I've done the same job for 35 years, Adam. I've been a music promoter. It's like yeah. to this day when I tell people they, what I do, they're like, what exactly what? is that <laughs> even? And just this week, thank God, right before our 40th episode, I had a positive thing happen at work for the first time in three months. And it wasn't even a really positive thing. It was just a less horrible thing. 
something horrible that I thought was going to happen is going to be much less horrible. And I had a party all weekend and I was like, that's the lesson. The lesson is life really is a large degree outside our control. And you can talk about that, but it's actually during a pandemic that you had better accept that a lot of life is outside your control. And it's one thing to talk about it, meditate on it, uh, tell other people about it, preach to others about it. But it's quite another thing to actually accept the lesson and meaning of what that means that we don't have control of our of our lives. We can control aspects of it. We control little bits of it. But right now, this was a tsunami. It came in. It swept away a lot of familiar things. It brought them out to sea. It uprooted some things that are never going to come back. We do not know when it's going to come back. I have no idea if when I'm going to sit in a concert hall without a mask and just have fun the way I did five years ago. Um, I'm not sure when I'm going to be able to host a, a party of my, my denim dudes and, and just have fun and be close and not be worrying about this thing. But I really, once again, this is my other, we said the word humbled. I was very humbled by how, how upsetting this new reality really has been for me, how much I've missed liking my job and how much I've missed being with people, really realizing how weakened I feel as a human being when I can't be in the presence of other people and hug them and encourage them and try to make them laugh and be goofy and just be lighthearted and just do what we did when we met, sit in a bar at ease and laugh and have beer and and just have fun. And, you know, I know that literally billions of people around the world are confronting this reality. And I'm one of the lucky ones. I, I still have a roof over my head and I have a partner who still have, has a job. And I'm still, you know, we've had to make dramatic changes at our company, but we're still in business. And I think we're going to survive it. But once again, uh, very humbled. I'm very humbled by how far my desire to be strong in the face of this situation, how there were moments, Adam, when I woke up in the morning, like, like Albert, you've, you're not well positioned for where you are right now. And I've not liked that feeling at all. Yeah, man, that's, I know every time I have kind of praised my enjoyment of what COVID has brought to, to this world, that is a double-edged sword of how you're doing. Because I know Whenever people are talking about, you know, the, the ups of COVID, I know about your downs. And when people are talking about the downs, I know about my ups. Um, but based on everything you said um, about kind of your lifestyle changes, your mindset changes, how familiar or how intimate do you think you've been with the concept in the world surrender? I think I'm familiar with the concept. And I think I don't surrender enough. I think I need, it's funny you said the word surrender because someone, I don't know, maybe you posted about it recently, but I've actually seen it in a movie recently and I've read it in a book, uh, a memoir I'm reading. Um, yeah, surrender is a big, surrender is hard. I've, I've powered on through, I'm 58 years old and I have just powered on through so much and, and made a lot happen. I'm proud of my achievements. I mean, I, I like that I've made a, a business, that I've had a career, blah, blah, blah. But um, yeah, 
I got to, I got to learn a lot more surrender. I've got to do a lot more surrender in, in ways I made some surrender, but not the kind of surrender you're talking about. I'm working on that one. Yeah. That's a work in progress. It's always a work in progress. I think that is probably one of the the hardest things to accept and, you know, indulge too. A big part of men is just like what you said. It's like, I got to push through. I got to break through. I got to go until I can't, you know, I got to, you know, work until I pass out. I got to do this until I can't. And, and that's a big part of, you know, men or machismo or just, you know, our kind of drive. But a lot more happens whenever you surrender to, to the world and just surrender to life and use your skill, use your opportunity whenever it lays itself in front of you. Um, so there's kind of like a, a push-pull dynamic there. And it's, it's taken me a lot to really realize that. Um, and one book that, that kind of got me there um, was The Surrender Experiment by uh, Michael A. Singer. Um, and it talks about how his just complete devotion to surrendering to life led him to crazy success um, and got him through some, some really good stuff. And that story just really man, made such an impression on me and, and, and really tweaked, you know, another mindset of mine was just how much can I surrender to the present moment? How much does, do I really want to inflict change? And where that kind of got going in my meditations is, Adam, what do you want to change about this moment? What do you personally want to change? And some things are good. Oh, systematic racism or systemic racism and, and anything else in that, in that category. Yeah, all the bad things in the world. Yeah, of course I want to change, but what, what do I want to change about myself? What do I want to change about the next three seconds of my life? Or what do I want to change about this particular moment right now? Do I want to go inside? Do I want to, am I hungry? What, what's there to change right now? And that has led me to, you know, really just understand and kind of embrace the surrender is just being like, can I be okay with what's happening right now? And then on, on addition to that is what can I do right now to positively influence or to make the most change in my favor or, you know, what I want to change uh, in, in my next moment, in my next action. So that, that's been a really, really deep thought of mine over the last, you know, couple months is just how much am I okay with this moment? And how, and, and just like you said, like I'm here, here's my ideal self. And that gap is just what, what do I want to change and how do I get there? So it's just, it's crazy how all these conversations kind of come full circle by the yeah, end of it. But you actually yeah. just reminded me, it was actually meditation this past week, the serenity prayer came up in, in, in that. And that was, I mean, you hear that one all the time. We live with that. It's become part of, of uh, our cultural legacy. Everybody knows the serenity prayer, not just people who go uh, or dealing with addiction or whatever uh, place that they may have learned about it. And, and uh, yeah, that came up in meditation and that, that is, uh, you know, surrendering to the things that, that we can't change. That does not mean being impassive. It, it means not knocking your head against the wall. That's not doing you any good. It's just not doing you any good to do that same destructive thing over and over again. Yeah. How useful is it to, to ruminate over that 10,000 times? How useful is it to bang your head against the wall? You know, I, there's so many things that, that 
we just need to accept and then, you know, do, do in our own way. And I mean, it's different for every situation, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. And especially with what's going on, 2020 is just like, you know, every year we're like, oh, could it get any worse? You know, oh, we're so, we're so done with 2019. Here comes 2020. It's going to change everything. It has. The world has totally changed, but it's also kind of still the same. It's just different aspects of it. And, you know, how are we going to respond to all of this craziness? And one big conversation I've been having lately is, you know, how are we, are we going to school? Like are children going to school, stuff like that? Are we, are we doing this? Like, and big another, questions. Yeah. And where that really kind of starts is, is like, I have decided to not really plan at all. Like there's, there's no, there's no planning for the future because everything changes week to week. You know, for Pennsylvania, it's, you know, red, yellow, green is our phases. And we've gone from red to yellow to green. We're back to yellow now in Allegheny County. It's just like everything could change at the, at the drop of a hat. And, you know, I just was like, what what are you guys doing next month? What are you guys planning for next year? And it's just like, man, I'm taking this one day at a time. However, I do got to say, Albert, I'm coming to visit you. I took a vacation late September. We're doing IRL podcast. <laughs> We're doing it for real. I'm going to bring some fun stuff. And yes, late September, coming to visit you. It's been too damn long. And uh, I got to see my friends in New York and in, in New Jersey. So that oh is something God. I am planning. Are you, do you know for sure? Um, are you are you going solo? You're going to be driving with, are you coming with your family? Like how how is this happening? I'm going solo. Um, so <gasps> yeah. Yeah, I, I want the ability to travel and just to kind of go everywhere. I'm taking about, I don't know, like 10 days, kind of two weeks just off. So like 10 days of work, two weeks, maybe a little bit more, who knows. Um, but yeah, wow I, I, I have to, man. I, I you miss travel, you guys so much. Do you travel with a tent? Um, I mean, I travel with my car, so. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, you could pitch a tent in our backyard. Yeah. I don't know what I'm gonna do, but um, I hope I hope by, hope by then we'll we'll have something figured out with with COVID, and we have yeah. not had a guest stay at our house. <laughs> I'll bring a sleeping happens. bag. <laughs> yeah, we, we might have to put you in the backyard. Um, we've I've, we've only had three guests the whole time, but I would absolutely love that. Um, we only have one picture of you and I, so at least yeah. we'll have one more picture of you and I, six feet mm-hmm. apart. Uh, hopefully by that time, who knows? You never know. Maybe by that time there'll be much happier, better news. The no planning thing. I think it's awesome. Uh, the no planning thing. Genius. Yeah. Genius. Just stick with it. <laughs> yeah. uh, my friend, I don't want you to be late. You to be late for work. So how much more time do we have? We got, we got like another 10, 15. We can wrap it up. You know? Really? Really? Yeah. Let's, um, let's keep this one going. I'm feeling this one. Okay. You're feeling this one? Um, I think it's great. I think, I, I think going on the road is absolutely, absolutely brilliant. I haven't fully taken my vacation time, so I might save a, save a little bit of extra time there. You'll see your buddy, Matt, the comedian. Yep. And Ben Wilson and, and Kemi and their dog, Jaja. So I'm very excited to see them. Oh, boy. Dog yep. Jaja. That really is mm-hmm. evocative. Two things um, before we sign off, uh, I want to get to uh, is one is an appreciation and, and the other is thanks. And they're related, obviously. But, you know, no, one of the things that I enjoy um, so much about the podcast is I get to see the guest, but also I get to see you watching the guest. And I just want to <laughs> say that I really, my favorite moment in, 
the podcast is when the the guest is telling a really good story and you kind of drift off the mic and you sit back in the chair and you you really look like you've gone to a different world and i absolutely love it because it's so clear that you are getting complete and total enjoyment hearing what someone's telling you and i think it's first of all it's beautiful to watch because it's it's you look like you know, you're, it, it, you look almost like a beat, beatific, saintly, you know, picture. You've got the lamp behind you glowing and you're off in your world. Like uh, it's, it's a beautiful thing to watch. But it's also just a reminder that one of the greatest things we can do is, is listen to really listen to other people. And just watching you listen has been a pleasure. <laughs> well, thank you, Albert. Yeah, I know. I got to have this thing I, and no one gets to really see it, you know, unless the guest is here. But yeah, I definitely like sit off. I, I put, I put my, my chin on my, my like hand, you know, I just kind of hold it. And I just, I, I mean, so many of these stories I get so immersed in and I'm just like, I don't know, they're so compelling and it, it's exciting. You know, I'm just, I'm hearing like someone's soul and it's just like, I'm feeling it. And yeah, like, I mean, there's a power in listening and, um, you know, I, I try to embody that as, as much as i I can. And, um, one thing that I've, I've really learned is empathetic listening. And it's just like feeling, just feeling that person's energy, their words, hearing them, understanding them and, and letting know that they, they've been heard because one of the things, oh man, I'm throwing it back. Um, you know, once, uh, my brother and I were, were very, you know, we were, we were in our mid teens and, you know, it was, infighting between me and my brother, you know, we were both kind of getting into trouble here and there. And, um, you know, I, my family, we kind of went to family therapy and I had my own little kind of session and the therapist asked me, what's going on? Like, what, what do you feel like? Where, where's all this coming from? And I said, I don't feel listened to. I feel like whenever I say something, I don't get the full attention, full respect and the full understanding of my parents. And that's why I'm so upset. That's why I'm so angry. And that's why I'm so frustrated. And I believe that is the 100% reason why we're in this room today is why we're having this conversation, why you're dealing with our trouble is because we're not listening to each other and I don't feel heard. And I never want to give that to someone else. That for me was so much cause of, of pain and just infighting within our family that I don't think anyone else deserves that. Even if they have a differing opinion, even if they're saying some some really mean stuff, it's like they still deserve to be heard because a lot of a lot of pain and a lot of anger and frustration is not being heard. And I think that's why so many people are yelling and screaming and you know shaming and canceling and all of this. What's happening right now is just from not being heard. And if I could show respect in some way, it's by me listening to you. And I truly believe that respect given is respect earned. So the what I want to show to as many people as I possibly can is the power of listening, the power of me hearing and understanding you and, and feeling your emotions because that's that's what empathy is, is being able to to understand your emotions and and be able to cognitively feel that in in my body and understand what you're feeling and sensing. So if I can do that, that's a win for me. So Thank you. I really work on that <laughs> and I really try. I, I study listening. It's one of my favorite subjects in this kind of whole mindfulness word is, is listening. And thank you. That's that's something I, I truly work on. So it's, it's really great to to you know hear that as as feedback. <laughs> um it's really well, 
it's it's encouraged me to to listen more. Sometimes I'm um, when I'm listening to people, it's it's something I used to do just to drive um, some people crazy. Is I I would finish their sentences. It's just New Yorkers are like can be wired so fast that they want to get really fast to the end of some of a story. And if I'm talking to someone who speaks more slowly, I'm like, okay, I'm getting where you're going. I'm trying, I'm, and I'm cutting them off and I'm not listening. And it annoyed the crap out of certain people. And certain people call me on. I actually had a client once just say like, let me finish my sentence before you start speaking. So I've, I've worked hard on that one, but you're, you're very good at it. But I want to say that story really resonated with me of your story uh, with your telling the therapist, I don't think I'm being listened to because my corollary to that was my feeling lonely being different, being the other. I wasn't just the regular straight dude. That was the, that was the norm. I wasn't the regular straight dude in high school. That's where being a straight dude, being a white straight dude in high school, that's like, that's the money. That's the money, right? That's the money thing, right? And, and I wasn't that. And so I, I know that my number one driving empathy thing in my life, what makes me want to be empathetic is I don't want anyone to feel forgotten that their life doesn't matter and that their story doesn't matter. Uh, obviously part of, of that is listening. Um, I need to listen to people, but number one thing, first of all, is to just pay attention to everything around you and not let people hide suffer in plain sight because there's a lot of suffering in plain sight and i have to say that was the number one motivation um behind behind the podcast um after um you and i discussed it was just that that the luck of would have it that a big news cycle was happening at that time for uh, isolation and how it was hurting men's health and you, when you brought all those things together, I was like, yes, absolutely. People feel, not only they're not listened to, they feel invisible. So, so you and I are not a, not a bad one-two combo in a way. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm finding people and saying, you're visible. I notice. And you're like, not only are you noticed, we're going to listen to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, tell us. Okay, so maybe there was a really good, wonderful reason. Uh, that we met bizarro yeah. that we met through Instagram. Um, I got my first pair of selvage denim jeans because of you. I bought Ironheart <laughs> with my first purchase. Thanks to you. Yep, yep. I remember actually I was so talk about humbled. I was mildly humbled that you directed me to a store in Manhattan. You lived in Pittsburgh and you told me to go to a cool denim shop in Manhattan that I didn't even know about. <laughs> like I lived in yeah. Manhattan my whole life and like I never went to Selfedge and my my buddy from Pittsburgh's like you never been to Selfedge like what the hell so, <laughs> yeah it's like that's my destination I'm like we're you, going to New York like we're you, going there <laughs> you've impacted uh, my life by being uh, a friend who's taken me on a journey of 40 meeting 40 people actually we've had a couple of return yeah a couple of return <laughs> guests but not many we do yeah. want to, in the future, we do want to have more return guests. I would like to see some of our favorites come back. Same here, yeah. And we, we want to invite the listeners uh, to please send us more advice, send us more topics, send us more uh, links to people that you might want to hear from. Uh, that's really, really important. Just want to also, if you don't mind, direct us towards the final thing I'd like to do is just to say thank you. Um, there's been some really 
amazing letters that we've gotten and beautiful things that people have shared. We've asked some of these people if it's okay to post them. And if you go through the feed, you'll see people uh, appear who say, say some really wonderful, beautiful things. Uh, and I also want to give a special shout out to just, there's a handful of people who just from day one, like, like Tim Sorensen, like he was all in from the beginning, um, encouraging us. He was so believed in the the mission of what we were doing and he was so passionate about what we were doing and and uh i want i want to give him a, sh a special shout out um i i hate to give individual shout outs because there's so many other people who deserve the shout out but tim tim gets a special shout out here and you want to give a special one uh yeah i mean i really just want to say i mean obviously thank you albert i mean you 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 find the people you make this happen you know i'm kind of the behind the scenes guy but if it weren't for you like you know in the trenches talking to people you know making that first move i know that's that's not my specialty um that's you know and and that's why we complement each other so well is we have some really great skills you are wonderful at talking to people you are wonderful at having conversations you can just chat with someone and you know, they're your best friend in 10 minutes, you know, you, you have that ability. So thank you for continuing to do that for our show. Um, I also want to shout out to our listeners because we are in so many different countries. We are in most of the continents. Um, our, our biggest listeners, uh, number one, the state. So thank you, USA, the UK, Sweden, Germany, and Australia. And never in my mind would I think that our podcast has gone you know, across the world and back. And we have uh, listeners in Africa, in Europe, in Asia. Um, one place we're not in is South America. So holler at those guys. But I mean, Jamaicans have listened to us. Um, Trinidad and Tobago, you know, so many just small places have, have heard what we've had to say. So I just... It's mind blowing to see how far this has gone from just a, a phone conversation. It's I still can't believe it. Like I remember the conversation we had on FaceTime. You know, we're just like, "Do you want to do a podcast?" And we're like, "Yeah." And and here it is. And to see how it's traveled the world is just. I, I mean, I don't know what to say. Like I can't believe people talk about this. I I have conversations about this podcast in real life, and you know, coworkers come up to me and, and talk about it, and it's just. I don't believe it. And, you know, the, the messages and stuff. And it's just like, you know, we're promoting real conversation. And, and at the end of the day, like, this is kind of like a, a soul project that I don't think I could ever stop now. We, we've got this ball rolling and there's only so much more ahead of us. So thank you for, for this season and for, for everyone that's listening and contributed. I, I sincerely love and appreciate you all. It's, it's, it's amazing. Well, if you don't mind, um, I've got this Actually, your voice dropped out just when you were saying nice things about me. So I'm going to have to listen to this podcast to see what you said, <laughs> which I'm kind of excited. Um, but I just want to just quickly, a uh, couple of other uh, names. We mentioned Ryan, uh, Ryan Daniel Beck. Our buddy Ken Turner from Australia was a great guest and a big supporter. Um, our buddy Carl Murawski always putting out the vibe, telling people to tune in. Our buddy Tim Tilgren telling us an amazing, powerful story about about his sister, uh, Ken Deichler, our fireman from Poughkeepsie. Gotta love that dude. I mean, how about Neil Barrett? How about Oof. how amazing yeah. and hilarious uh, <laughs> Neil is? And, Neil's uh, a wild card. Oh my God. And uh, our buddy Graham from, uh, from the UK. And uh, oh my I gotta God. I got to shout out Team Sweden. You know, Christopher oh yeah, Hawkinson. Um, oh yeah. 
Eric, <laughs> yeah, Eric Olson. I mean, geez, Sweden. I mean, I can't believe how many people from Sweden I've met. Um, it's amazing. It's it's wild. I feel like I could go to Sweden and and travel up and down the whole country and and meet people I know. <laughs> so anyway, my God, season one is. Season one's in the on the books, dude. If nothing yeah. else, we've got season one. Yep. I mean, forty episodes is one heck of an accomplishment. So, I mean, Albert, I, I can't believe we've we've done this. It it blows my mind every time we talk about it. I mean, we have necklaces being made from from Beth. You know, oh it's, Beth, we got to mention Beth. Of course, we got to mention Beth. <laughs> oh my God, I love my pendant. I put it on yeah. every day. It's like a I thing. wear it every day. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't worn a necklace. I don't know, 10 years. I wore one in college. I thought it was cool. Um, and then it broke. But this is like the only piece of like jewelry I elect to wear. And it's just like, it's amazing. I feel like there's a little, you know, VVV community that we have. Um, and so just thank you. Albert and I are so humbled. We're, we're so appreciative of all the support. And we just want to continue doing this. And you know, like he said, we want your input. Like this is not only for us, it's it's for the world to have. And it's this conversation that we want to perpetuate and continue. So as much input as you can give us, the good, the bad, the ugly, the feedback, we, we want it because we want to become better people and we want this conversation to be heard. That's a good way to wrap it up, Adam. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, bro. You're, good, you're yeah. a good dude. You've really put a lot of time in my god i just talk i turn off the mic and then you have to do all the work i mean you gotta like you put the music in and you do the edits and you deal with the the, the funky sound sometimes and my bad <laughs> wi-fi connection and and so and, and i get up on wednesday morning 6 a.m and boom there it is so yeah Hey, I'm, I'm happy you. doing all that work. You know, it's 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 good work. You know, it it makes me happy. It's not like I dread doing it. It's like I get I choose to edit this podcast. I choose to work on it, and it brings me joy. So there will never be a time where I complain about this. You know, I texted you. I'm like, I can do this. You know, I was sick a couple episodes ago. Like, I, I can be cranky. I can be upset. I could not have any sleep. I'm still doing this. This is what I choose to do. So. Thank you, Albert. I love you, bro. Love you too. Thank you, buddy. Well, this has been the uh, final episode of season one of the Veer Vulnerabilis Veer podcast. I'm Adam Glinsky. And I'm Albert Imperato. Thank you for listening. Thank you.